Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likuti Halachos, Yoredea Chelik Sheni, Hilchos Kilei Akerem, Halacha Beis. We're in the middle of paragraph Aleph. We're up to a subparagraph in this version. Avil Iev Shor Leshum Dovar Sheyachsor Veyala Lesharosh Shehorishon. We dedicate the learning today, Le'ilu Nishmas Horav Yitzchok Aharoyim Berebeliyohu. Rabbi Singer, the famous rabbi of the Bialystoker Shul on the Lower East Side many years ago, whose yard site is today on the 13th of Teves, and Lili Nishmas, Rabbi Yezab, Rabbi Nasniakov, Yenta Fradlbas, Rabbi Shuarye, Zavaleya Bas, Rabbi Avrom, Tzibko Rivka Bas, Rabbi Hillel, and all those that need an alias Nishama. And also we dedicate the learning for a complete Rufur Shalema for all those that need it, Including Chaviva Chana Basgalia, Rochel Basgalia, Noyenachama Basgalia, Avivilona Bas Yispendel, Sarochel Bas Yispendel, Ahuva Bas Pnina, David Ben Pnina, Soralea Bas Chavaliba, Daniel Boruch Ben Soro, Menachem Ben Rishabasha, Gitigenendel Bas Sipoira, Lebalea Bas Sipoira, Yehudis Ruchama Bas Chavarus, Idis Bas Meyam Brindel, Michal Sora Bas Hadassa, Sora Yehudis Bas Sora, Dovid Ben Behia, Shendel Bas Leia, Shimon Eliezer Ben Rochel, Shlaimoy Ben Rivka Sprinza, Dovid Lei Ben Shena, Besoich Shar Choli Yisrael. Rab Nosson Zal is basing this halacha on chapter 4 in Likut Yamaran, and this is the second shir on the topic. Avaliyev Shalashum Dovor, Shayachsar Veyala Lesharoshe Horishain, Lehisbatel Boer Hoin Soif, Ulis Hadishon, the Bechinas Rotsi Vashoif Canal, Kim Alidei Hoodon. Rabnosanzal says it's impossible for anything in this world to be able to rise up and reconnect to its origin, to its source, which is the infinite light of Hashem, and renew itself, rejuvenate itself in the form of Rotsay Vashoiv going up and making that super connection and then being able to come down without man. Ki nivra bishvil ha'odom because everything was created for the sake of man. The odom bigimatria mo. The word odom is bigimatria 45 mo. And Hashem has given man the ability and the wisdom to be able by making the proper choices in this world for a person, a human being, to strip himself completely from all connections to Gashmias, to materialism, and to attach himself to Hashem. Ad to the point where a human being has the ability to nullify himself completely and become totally connected to the infinite light of Hashem, in the format of Rotsay Vashoiv, to make that connection, but then to be able to come back down to earth. Kol Yemei Chayov. And a, a human being has the ability to do this throughout his entire life. And by a person doing this, Kol Ho'olam Bechloloi Nichlalimoi Be'ein Soif. The entire world 
becomes connected to the infinite light of Hashem. Ki hakol tolui boi. Because everything is dependent on and connected to Adam, to man. So whatever man experiences affects the entire world. And this is why Rashi points out in Parshas Bereshis, all the way in the beginning, on that Pasuk, that all of the plants and vegetations and trees were all ready to go, but they were below the ground, beneath the ground level. Nothing came above ground until Adam Arishan came along and was mispalel for rain. And that's when the rain came and that's when all of this vegetation came above ground. Because out of all the mitzvahs and all the different things that a person can do to connect to Hashem, tefillah represents the highest degree of dveikus, of that deep spiritual connection and the ability to nullify oneself to the infinite light of Hashem. Just like we find in Shulchan Aruch, right in the laws of Shemayin Esrei, when the Shulchan Aruch introduces the laws of Shemayin Esrei, it tells us that this is what the Hasidim Harishanim used to do. Before they would start the Shemayin Esrei, they would go through it, go into a state of complete beetle, complete nullifying themselves to Hashem, his pashtus agashmias. And through the tefillah of Adam Arishayim, he elevated all of the vegetation, all of the plants, and re- reconnected them to their source, to the infinite light of Hashem. And as a result of this, Odom Rishon was able to draw from there, from the Oyer Ein Saif, to draw down Bracha and Shefa in the form of rain. And that's what made all the plants and vegetation grow. And the same thing holds true now. It's impossible for plants and vegetation to grow without man. And out of all of the things that we could do to make it grow, tefillah is the most effective one. Because what really brings rain to the world is the tefillahs of the Jewish people. As it says in Eoiv, Hashem gave the command for the rain to come down when the people were mispalel. Because tefillah, every mitzvah is a deep connection to Hashem. The word mitzvah is yud kevavke, because the letters mem and sadik in atbash become Yud and Hey. So every mitzvah is a, a degree of a dveikus Tashem. But Rav Nosanzal writes here, and the Arizal writes this, in the beginning of the Priyat Chaim, that the most powerful form of dveikus Tashem, and the thing that's most effective in being Mamtig Dinim, is Tfila. 
כי התפילו היא בחינס דבקוס וביטול אין סויף, כי איכר שלימוס התפילו לפועל על יודו להמשך גשומם, because the real perfection of תפילה, that the תפילה should be able to accomplish bringing rain to the world, is only when the person is davening, real, really davening, which means with Mesiras Nefesh, putting the person's whole heart and soul into it. Disconnecting completely from all physical, the physical world. Like the earlier Hasidim, the Gemara says, who used to, when they would daven, it would be with totally disconnecting from the physical world. And this explains why their tefillos were always answered. And, and rain would come down immediately as a result of their tefillos. As the Gemara Tainus brings many stories about this. And that's what causes all the vegetation to grow. Because what really causes them to grow is this nullification to the infinite light of Hashem in the format of Rotsoi Vashoiv, going up and coming back down. Shezehu Bechinas Tefillah. This is what real Tefillah is all about. <clears throat> Today is Monday. This past Friday was Rav Nosen Zalzirat And I spoke in several places on Friday, on Shabbos. And one of the issues, one of the main things I spoke about was what was Rav Nosen Zal searching for? When Rav Nosen Zal was 16 years old, he had grown up in a house of Torah, Yiddishkeit, wealth, financial wealth. His father-in-law was, was one of the Gedoyle Hador, one of the giants recognized, giants of the generation, both in knowledge and in Avodah Hashem, superstar. And Rav Nosen Zal was, was trained and taught to stay away from Hasidim because of a bad experience that his father-in-law had. And Rav Nusenzal writes that when he was 16 years old, he learned with a Chavrusa who came from a Hasidish home, and they had many debates about whether Hasidim are good or bad. And Rav Nusenzal says, in the end, his friend won. And Rav Nusenzal writes, he came to the realization that the, the leaders among the Hasidim, the, that they are really Anshe Emes, Anshe Emes, Vahashem Imam. That's the wording that he writes in the beginning of Yemei Moranat, his biography. Now, saying that they're Anshe Emes, what does that mean? Does that mean that people that are not Hasidim and learn Torah and learn Halacha and follow the laws are not Anshe Emes? The answer is, the Gemara tells us, the Gemara says, There are different levels of emes. There's a level of emes where a person, person keeps their word. If they say they're going to do something, they do it. If they don't say it, if they think it, 
then to, nobody heard me. No, I didn't say anything, so I, I can change my mind. And the Gemara says there's a level of, of doifer emes bilavavoy, where a person, not only is their speech emes, but their heart is full of emes. And the Gemara gives a story of Rav Safra, that Rav Safra was a person who had something very important that another person wanted to buy from him. And the person approached Rav Safra when he was davening, and he was at a point in davening that he couldn't speak. He wasn't allowed to speak. So the person offered a certain price to Rav Safra to purchase the thing from him, and Rav Safra, in his mind, made a decision, yes, that's a good price, I'm willing to sell him for that price. Since Rav Safra didn't respond, he didn't say anything, the person raised the price. He said, I'll offer you double. Rav Safra still couldn't talk. And the person kept raising the price higher and higher because he obviously really needed the thing. When Rav Safra finished davening, he said, okay, I'm willing, I'm, I'm going to sell it to you for the price that you originally offered, the original price. The person looked at him strange because when you offered me that original price, I, in my mind, I agreed to accept that price, so that's what I'm going... So the Gemara says, this is called doiver emes bilavavoy, a person who speaks the truth in his heart, which means his heart is a very pure heart. And we know throughout the Torah, there's tremendous emphasis on the heart. The Gemara says, in fact, in the beginning of Tainus, that there's a Pasuk in Kriyashma where it says, Ula avdoi bechol levavchem, to serve Hashem with your entire heart. The Gemara asks, Ezeu avoid shebalev, what service of Hashem is there that's with the heart? It's a cardiac thing. The Gemara says, Zu tefillah. That's tefillah. Because tefillah... Yeah, obviously, a person must mouth the words. A person must say the words with their mouth. But in order for a tefillah to really be effective, it requires a combination of heart and mouth, a connection between the lave and the, and the mouth, which, by the way, represent the two shechinas. The mouth is malchus, the lower shechina. The heart is bina. Ulevavo yovin v'shovarofaloi, the upper shechina. So Rav Nassim realized, he recognized, that there are many Jews who are learning and davening, but it's without a heart, it's without a lave, it's without that warmth. And he commented once that when he saw his father-in-law, and he saw how religious he was, and how his Torah and his tefillah and everything he couldn't imagine in what way Moshe Rabbeinu was more religious or was on a higher level than his father-in-law. But when he came to the world of Hasidus, and especially when he came to Rabbeinazal, he said he saw a difference. What was the difference? And he mentioned there was a food during their time, which we have today also. In America, certainly, something called a knish. And a knish is made from dough and, and potatoes and salt and pepper and sometimes other spices and it's made to be very delicious when it's heated up, when it comes right out of the oven and it's hot, a person eats a hot knish, it's something spectacular. However, sometimes after that, when they finish eating what they can, they put it into the refrigerator or the freezer to use it at a later time. When a person takes a knish right out of the refrigerator, before it's been heated at all, it's not hot at all, and you, you take a bite to eat it, 
it's almost tasteless because the real effectiveness of the taste of the knish is only when it's hot. Rav Nosenzal said, I realize that that's the difference. The difference is that you can have people who are learning Torah and davening, but it's without passion, it's without a warmth, it's without the fire, the passion, the joy, the simcha, without the, the emotions of the heart going into it. And that makes a world of difference. And, and on this, the Gemara says, in Tainus, which one of the Gemaras that Rav Nosenzal is referring to here, the Gemara says there were two rabbis, Rav Yehuda and Rava. Rava is one of the most famous rabbis in Shas. He's mentioned hundreds of times, hundreds of throughout Shas constantly. And usually when Rava is in an argument with another rabbi, usually the halacha is like Rava. Abai of Rava, in most cases the halacha is like Rava. He was a Godoel Hadoel, one of the giants of the generation during the time of the Amoiroim. In addition, the Gemara says Rava was on such a high level that on Erev Yom Kippur, every year there'd be an announcement from heaven of Hashem saying Shalom Aleichem to Rava. And despite this, and the Gemara says that during Rav Yehuda's time, during Rav Yehuda's time, the rabbis studied Torah, but limited. They studied Nezikin generally. They studied the laws of damages, <coughs> Baba Kama, Baba Metziah, Baba Basra, those Gemaras. During the time of, uh, that, that's during the time of Rav Yehuda. During the time of Rava, the Gemara says they were knowledgeable in all six sections of Shas. Rava said we have 13 yeshivas that are learning all six Siddharam of Shas. So how could it be that when the world, when there was an emergency and they needed rain, they would go to Rav Yehuda and he would start removing his shoe to prepare himself to daven and the rain would come pouring down. And Rava said, we daven and nothing happens. And the Gemara says, Rava said, it must be because of the heart. It must be because despite us learning much more and etc., etc., Rav Yehuda, when it comes to the heart, he's in a different level than us completely. And we have the Pasuk says, Ki ha'odam v'hashem That man sees, we see what we see with the eyes. We see he has a beard and he has a beard. He's learning and he's learning. He's davening and he's davening. But Hashem sees how much heart is in the tefillah, how much heart is in the mitzvah that a person is doing. And again, the heart is a the heart is the center of simcha, nosato simcha balibi, and the heart is the center of emotion, warmth, passion, the, the, the fire in the heart. There's a pasuk cham libi bekirbi, my heart is hot inside of me, behagigi tifaresh. When I think, when I start thinking and bringing up my thoughts, a fire burns inside of me, dibarti belashoni and I speak with my tongue, meaning that fire in the heart is coming out of the tongue. That's the kind of tefillah that Rav Nosen Zal is speaking about here. And the chidor, the chidor in a Sefer Lev David comments on this over there. He says, look at this Gemara. Look, look, look at who we're talking about here. Rava, such an incredible giant who seems so much greater than Rav Yehuda in so many ways. And yet, the chidor writes, it seems that the heart overrides all of those other qualifications. 
the fact that Rav Yehuda was zeicher to this level of, of, of heart in his tefillah, that made the, all the difference. Question in the chat, isn't this a contradiction that in order to daven a successful tefillah about something in the physical world, a person has to disconnect from the physical world? It's not a contradiction at all. It's, this is the concept of Bechira. A person needs to know that everything in the physical world originates from the non-physical world. This world is called Yesh. Yesh means something which comes from nothing. It comes from Ayin. And this is one of the things that we cannot possibly understand. The human mind, rational thinking, cannot process. How is it possible to make something from nothing? But we know that that's the truth. That's the real truth. And therefore, in order for something to function, in order for something to receive what it needs from Hashem, to be able to grow, we have to be able to go back up into that place called Ayin, the place from which the creation originated from. We have to tap into that Oyer Ein Soif and draw from there. Rav Nosanzal says now, paragraph Beis, and based on what we just learned here, we'll be able to understand why the Torah, when it speaks about reward for mitzvahs or punishment for not doing mitzvahs, it puts it into terms of the blessing of rain. As it says in the beginning of Parshas Bechukhoisai, in Hashem says, if you will follow all of my mitzvahs and do the right thing, you know what it will result in? I will give you rain at its proper time. And we see many other psukim in the Torah like this. Because the rain coming down, which is what allows the earth to give forth all of its produce, that shows a level of shleimus, a level of perfection in serving Hashem. That we were zeichet to achieve the ultimate purpose by fulfilling the Torah and mitzvahs. What's the ultimate purpose? to be to nullify ourselves, to negate ourselves completely and connect with that infinite light of Hashem. And that's what enables us to be able to draw down rain and to allow all the vegetation and all the plants to grow, the, the most effective thing that enables them to grow is this. Paragraph Gimel, And therefore, when Odom Rishon committed the sin of going against Hashem's instructions regarding the Eitz Hadas, the ground, the earth was cursed because of him. Because once again, the main reason why Hashem created man was 
to achieve this ultimate goal, sheyizke lehizbatel ulehikolel boor ho'ein soif achpuseisborach. That man, living in this physical, materialistic world, should be able to reach such a spiritual level to nullify ourselves completely and to plug into that infinite light of Hashem, that oneness of Hashem. As will be the case in the future. And had Adam Arishin not eaten from the Eitzadas, Man would have been able to achieve this goal perf- to perfection while he was physically living. To be able to attach oneself and become completely part of the infinite light of Hashem while I'm still in a physical body as will be the case in the future after when the bodies will be resurrected but the body will be on a level of on such a high level of spirituality and again had man not sinned he would have been able to have the level of das to be able to know and understand and realize that everything is good. There's only good, no bad, like it'll be in the future. And that's why Hashem warned Adam Rishon, do not eat from the eight sadas, which is good and bad. Which is good and bad. Because Hashem warned him not to eat from the Eitz Hadas, when a person attaches themselves to the Eitz Hadas, then they know that there's good and there's bad. They, they feel the difference, they know the difference between good and bad. Meaning that there's a big difference between good things that happen to a person for which they make the bracha and things that we perceive as tragedies for which we make a different bracha, and this is why Hashem warned Adam Arishan, I don't want you to eat that kind of food. Because man was created to be to achieve complete das, perfect das. And perfect das is that's where a person gets to a level where they realize that there's no difference between chesed and din, that it's all really one. It's all good. It's all oneness. And Rabbi Nassau explains there in chapter 4 in the Kutim Ram, a person realizes that when the person is able to nullify themselves completely to Hashem. Question in the chat. While most of us have experienced this beetle to the Ein Soif at times, I'm sometimes in doubt as to what the right der- what what is the right derech there? It's easy to feel the pleasure in such an experience, but doing this beetle with intense pleasure in mind could be perhaps the opposite of kedusha. Could 
how do we approach this beetle in a way of Kedusha and not Chas V'Shalom otherwise? The, the answer is, let's continue. Rav Zal is explaining it here, that the, that the beetle to the Ein Soif has to be, the, the goal of it is the, rec- the realization that everything is Hashem, everything is good, and it's all part of oneness. And taking that realization and bringing that back down to earth with me and using that as a motivation to grow, to, to get closer to Hashem, to learn more Torah, to daven better and more, to do more mitzvahs. V'yalkein, and therefore, because Adam Arishin did not obey Hashem's instructions, that's why Hashem cursed the earth because of man. With the sweat of your, your, your brow, you will eat bread. Meaning that it's going to be a major struggle to produce bread. First, you're going to have to plow the earth. Then you're going to have to put seeds in it. Then you're going to have to cover the seeds. Then you're going to have to pray for rain. And then you're going to have to the harvest. So many different steps. Because now, man requires major, major effort and toil before the person has the food or the parnasa that they need. Because now, it's impossible for us to achieve this beetle to the infinite light of Hashem in going up and coming back down, to be able to draw Parnassah from there, which is similar to the process of the, the food and produce growing from the ground, which we explained earlier, can only happen when there is beetle to the infinite light of Hashem. But now, unfortunately, it's impossible to achieve this without major, major effort and struggle. Because of the tumor of the snake that attached itself to man when Odom and Chava listened to the advice of the snake. And therefore, man requires major struggle and effort to overcome all of our sinful desires and all of our sinful character traits. As Rabbi Nezal explains over there in Torah Dalit and Likut Imran, and only then can a person experience the beetle we're speaking about here that so that through a person like this who achieves this it's through that person that all the vegetation and plants through that person's merit that all the vegetation grows and all parnosa comes to the world The Gemara says this. The Gemara says, Kol ha'olam nizayin b'shvil chanina b'ni. 
the entire world is being sustained, Nizayin, Parnasa, in the merit of my son Hanina, Rabbi Hanina ben Doisa, who the Gemara stresses was the tzaddik. He was the one people went to to be mispalel for them. The Hanina beni, Dailoi bekav charuvim. And my son Hanina, you would think if, if all the Parnasa, the whole world comes through him, he must live in a mansion. He must really be wealthy. The Gemara says my, that he lived, he sustained himself with a, a, a small measure of bakhtzer, of charuvin, carob. That's what he would eat. So I once heard one of the tzaddikim once said, there's, so there's other poor people that also live on kav charuvin. But it says here, dayoi bekav charuvin. It was enough for him. He was completely, perfectly satisfied with the minimum of the minimum of the minimum. And that's what gave him that power to be the one, to be the tzaddik, who has such a level of tefillah, such a beetle to the Oyrein Saif, that the entire world's parnasa is coming through him. This is Gemara. This is, this is not just Breslev. This is Gemara. Any questions? Question, are we saying here that even nowadays, today, the, the parnasa, the world, all the parnasa, the world comes there as, as a result of beetle? But a person who works hard for their money doesn't necessarily feel any beetle if his work is in no way connected with the agriculture. The answer is right. And therefore, the person who's working for their living and working hard, etc., their money, their check, their paycheck is not necessarily coming as a result of their work. It's coming primarily in the merit, in the schus of the tzaddikim, who are being mispalel, who have this level of bitul, in their merit, the people who go to work are getting their paychecks, and the business people are making successful deals, and the agriculture people are getting pro- pro- products and produce. Another question, is this beetle that Rav is speaking about here the equivalent of dveikus? Dveikus bemidoisov, or hashvoisatsura. The term dveikus bemidoisov generally means that the way one becomes attached to Hashem is by emulating Hashem. Just like Hashem visits the sick, we visit the sick. Just like Hashem does this, we do that. That's, that's the term hadvek bemidoisov generally. Here we're talking about a, a, a beetle, a concept of a person shutting down all their connection to the physical world, closing one's eyes and closing one's ears to this, and closing all of our senses down to the f- physical world. And, and going above and beyond that, doing that in order to connect to the upper worlds, in order to connect to what's above the upper worlds, which is this Oyer Ein Soif. Paragraph David, V'zeh Bechinas Isur Kilayim. And based on this introduction, we'll be able to understand why the Torah tells us <coughs> that, that it's forbidden to combine certain things. Because everything in this world is different, is unique in how it looks, how it appears. And as Rabbi Nezal explains over there in the Kutim Ram, 
the shape and form of everything in this world is defined by the letters that Hashem used to create those items. Shehem Bechinas Malchus. And as we learned earlier, the letters are associated with Malchus. We have the four letters of Hashem's name, Yud, K, Vav, K. The Yud is Chachma, the He is Bina. The Vav is Chesed through Yesod. And the last He is Malchus. Corresponding to those four, we have in the Torah, the Tamim, the musical notes, which corresponds to the Yud. We have the Nekudas, the vowels, which corresponds to the first He of Yud Ke Vav Ke. We have the Tagin, the crowns, which correspond to the Vav of Yud Ke Vav Ke. And we have the Oisios, the letters, which correspond to that last He of Yud Ke Vav Ke, which is the Malchus. Which is cloaked in that object, whether it's a fruit, whether it's an animal, whether it's a river. And, and the exact shape and form that something takes on in this world is a display of the will of Hashem. That Hashem wanted this particular letter of the Alephase to look exactly this way. And the fact that this letter of the olive base is found in this physical item is what defines how that item looks and feels and tastes. So everything in this world has the will of Hashem inside of it. And all of these diverse things in this world which are a display of, Hash- of the diversity of Hashem's will, are all connected to and originate from the infinite will of Hashem, the Ratzayin Ein Soif, She'ein Boi which has no shape or form at all whatsoever. So that, as Rabbi Nezal explains in Likut Imran, the will of Hashem was that this particular letter should look like this, the letter Zion should look exactly like this, and through the letter Zion, that will create a particular type of fruit, a tree, a watermelon, that looks exactly this shape and form and everything, and follows this order, and the same thing holds true regarding all details of the creation. As, was, as we explained earlier in the beginning of this halacha, where Rav Nosenzal quoted from the Likute Moran, from Torah Dalet and Likute Moran. Again, like we said earlier, that all of the different, distinct things in this world which are a display of the Ratzayin of Hashem, which defined an orange to look like this, and a potato to look like that, and a giraffe to look like this, all of these Ratzayinais and Tmunais all originate from and receive their spiritual energy from Ratzayin Ein Soif, from the infinite will of Hashem. She'ein boi shum t'muna, which has no shape or form. This terminology is used in the Zohar Kodesh, in the Sifrei Kabbalah. Ve'yefsher she'yuchlulu hadvorim bein soif, kim al yidei hispashtus hagashmius ubitul ayeshus. And it's impossible for everything in this world 
to be connected to, to plug into that infinite light of Hashem without stripping it of its materialistic aspect. Hispashtus agashmias, bitul hayeshus, v'oz nechlolin horetsoinois hamluboshem batmunois, berotsoin ein soif haposhut. And when there is this hispashtus agashmias, when there is this bitul hayeshus, this nullification, then all of the individual retsoinois of Hashem that are found in all of these different things in this world can connect to the to the top, to the Ratzayin Ein Soif HaPoshut, which has no shape or form. Shemimenu nimshachim kol haretzayin from which come forth all the different distinct objects in this world with all their different shapes and forms and properties. V'yalkein i'efshur sh'yachzeru v'yuchlulu bohein soif k'yim k'shemizoren levli l'shanois Ratzayin HaShemiz Borach. And therefore, all of these different things in this world cannot connect to their origin unless we are careful not to change, not to change or try to rearrange the will of Hashem that's expressed in that object. So that each item should retain its shape and form which was defined for it by Hashem. With this we could understand why the Torah says it's forbidden to put two different types of seeds right next to each other, to grow them to where they mix together. Or Kileakaran, where we said a person has a vineyard, and in the, into the vineyard they bring two different types of seeds, of grains or something else. Because as we learned in the previous year, when we take a seed and put it into the ground, and that seed falls apart, it rots, it, dis- it almost disintegrates completely, that's an example of beetle, of something becoming nullified, completely nullified, to allow it to connect to that infinite light of Hashem, but down here on earth, in the form of rotsoi v'ashoiv, going up and connecting up there and coming back down. Coming back down and causing something to be produced from that seed. V'zeh yefsha kim kishe'ein meshanen hatmunois and that can only take place if we don't alter, if we don't change the shapes and forms from the will of Hashem that's found in each one of those objects, in each grain of, of wheat or anything, with, with its, its specific shape and form and properties. If we don't change it, if we don't modify it, then those Ritzainites that are found in all of those physical things have the ability to rise up and reconnect to their origin, to become nullified to Hashem's 
infinite ratzayim shenim shumich risham tmuras nitzam, from which these particular items received their shape and form and all of their properties. Avol kishema arvavim azroim chas v'sholom. Whereas when we mix seeds, when we mix together two different type of things, and we plant kilayim, we plant something that's a combination of two different types of seeds. The shapes and form, the format of the thing becomes changed. And by doing that, it's as if we're disconnecting them, we're detaching them from their original source, which is that infinite Rotsoin of Hashem. By us altering the shape and nature of that grain, of that seed, by combining it with something different than itself. And then they no longer have the ability to connect to their original source. And this is damaging the creation. Because as we learned earlier, one of the main goals in Kashem creating the world is for the world to achieve a level of success where it can reconnect back to its original place, back to that infinite light of Hashem. And that's only possible when we're careful not to mix the different things, the different images. But rather, allowing each item to retain its shape and form and, and, and image and its properties. If we don't alter it, if we don't mess things up, then the rotsoin that's found in each particular thing in this world can reconnect to the rotsoin ein soif, which has no shape or form, and then we're able to strip that item from its physicality and allow it to fly, to rise up and connect to that infinite light of Hashem. Whereas when we mix together different types of seeds, and we plant them together close to each other, and the, 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 the shape and form gets mixed up, by doing that we detach them from their origin, from this and they no longer are able to connect and become part of the infinite light of Hashem, and be able to draw down from there goodwill and blessing from Hashem. And this really describes the damage that's done when we commit any type of sin. When we commit any type of sin, we're going against the will of Hashem. By going against the will of Hashem, 
we're breaking the connection. Because again, the world is an expression of the will of Hashem. And, and when we go against the will of Hashem, we're, we're disconnecting, we're detaching from Hashem, who the, one of the highest definitions of Hashem is this Ratzayin Ein Saif, this infinite will. We know Rabbi Nezal has a, a short, very a short chapter in the Kutimran, where he defines the lowest, lowest level and the highest, highest level, and the bridge between them. The lowest level that a Jew can get to, a person who decides they want to disconnect, detach completely from Hashem, is called Shmad. Shmad means to convert, to destroy completely any connection that I have to Judaism, to Torah, to Hashem. The concentration camps were called Machanois Hashmoda, the camps of complete destruction, Rahman al-Sun. Crematoria, burn the destroy ashes, turn everything into ashes, and, and, and the ashes disappears, should annihilate completely. That's Shmad. The highest level, the highest spiritual level, is called Ratzain. Ratzain means desire, yearning, will. And and Shmad is Bigematria 344. Rotzain is Bigamatria 346. In the middle you have Moshe, which is Bigamatria 345. Moshe Rabbeinu, the tzaddik, is the one who can take the bad, the lowest, lowest level, a person who has attempted to detach themselves totally, completely from Hashem and bring them up to the highest, highest level, which is called Rotzain. Rotzain. We know that Shabbos, Yontif, are called Ratzayim. Be'ahavo uverotzayim hinchilanu. Rosh we say, Be'yais Marion says, all the Karbonites are called Lerotzayim Lefnei Hashem. Any questions, please? I see a question. Does this mean Loshayim Mevatur? I don't know what is Mevatur. The term Mevater, the term Mevater means when a person says, I give in, I submit, complete submission. If that's what you're referring to, the answer is yes, to a degree. Question in the chat. <clears throat> Regarding going into a beetle state properly, are we trying to negate our own personal desires and connect to Hashem's road sign? The answer is yes, definitely. We're trying to align with Hashem's will which is to be a mashpia and let go of our Ratzayim to be a, a separate metziot, a separate ego that only wants to receive? The answer is yes, yes, basically. That, again, it's the, and that's what, that's what Judaism is all about. That's what our mission in this world is about. To, to, to study, to get to know the will of Hashem, which is defined in the Torah. The Torah is the book that defines the will of Hashem. And although we have all types of wills, we have all types of desires, I'm trying to align my desire totally with the desire of Hashem. And anything that I want or I like that, that's different from what Hashem wants, I'm trying to eliminate or suppress. Okay, we'll hold it over here now. Rav Nosen is gonna go back to the Likut Emaran where in chapter 4 over there, Rabbein Rab, Rab Azal shows 
that in the steps of coming close to a tzaddik, there are three steps. Seeing the tzaddik, supporting, giving money to the tzaddik, and confessing, confessing to Hashem in the presence of the tzaddik. And Rabbein Azal shows in that chapter in Kutimram that it's only when a person completes that third step, that's when they're able to connect to the infinite light of Hashem. Rabbi Nelson Zal is going to show us how that relates to what we're speaking about here and give us incredible additional insights that are related to this topic. We should be zeichet to this healthy beetle and to know that the whole world, everything in the world is connected to us, is wired to us. When we do the right thing, we bring a bracha into the trees and the plants and the animals, everything, everything. And the entire chef of the world depends on us, especially our tefillah, especially the kavana, the heart that we put into it. We should be to that kind of tefillah and, and see all the Yeshua's, the, the Yeshua's that Klal Yisrael needs and the, Yeshua, the individual Yeshua's that each one of us needs. Especially the coming of Moshiach, being in Beis Amikdash, Ben Hera Biyameinu, Amen Viyameinu. Man, can you resolve? Thank you. What is healthy bittul? Healthy as opposed to unhealthy bittul. Okay, healthy bittul has those words rotsoi vashoiv attached to it. Number one, healthy bittul means when it's being done within the parameters of the of the Torah within the rules and instructions that Hashem has given us. <clears throat> so that there are people who want to accomplish Beetle using certain drugs. There are certain drugs that take a person totally out of body experiences, etc., etc. That's unhealthy Beetle. That's non-kosher Beetle. That does not accomplish what we're defining here. Healthy Beetle means when it's being done completely within the parameters of the Torah, when it's being accomplished, by a person working on themselves, trying to elevate themselves to make themselves less gashmi, less materialistic, and more spiritual, but not doing it to the level where it, it kills the person. Because death is one of the highest forms of beetle, but that's not what Hashem wants us to do until the right time. So a person, the, the joke about a person who was trying to, to make more profit he had a horse, and he, the horse worked for him and everything, and, but he had to feed the horse, so that subtracted from his profits. So every day he tried to cut down on the food of the horse, give him a little less to eat and less to eat and less to eat, so that again he's making more profit than the work that the horse is doing. And then sure enough, he got the horse down to eating nothing, and shortly afterwards the horse died. And he's telling his friend what happened, he's saying, you know, I almost had him trained perfectly, to, to be able to get along with no food at all, and he went ahead and died on me. So that's not healthy beetle. A beetle that leads to death or destruction, or destroys shalom bias, or destroys any, you know, goes against any of the, any of the definitions of the Torah, that's unhealthy beetle. Within the parameters of the Torah, a person who try, and again, a person who's doing beetle by screaming at the top of their lungs, in shul, when other people are there, and not allowing other people to daven. That's not a healthy beetle. A healthy beetle means within all the parameters of, of Torah and menschlichkeit, you know, not causing harm to anyone else and not causing any, any harm to myself. 
it's making the, the highest spiritual connection that I can, still allowing me to continue to exist and function well in this world, in the, in the physical world.